Doctor Strange and General Zod go to war to invent electricity. We've got an intruder in the form of Dennis Quaid, and we're going to have some laughs in ancient Rome. I'm Van Connor. This is Offscreen, and your seven-day movie guide begins here. Boom. Groovy. I'm Van Connor. Welcome to Offscreen. I'm joined this week by fellow cr- uh, film critic from uh, Talk Radio and also filmmaker himself, Mr. Johnny Hearn. Welcome to the show, John. Hello. Very good film watching. Hello to you. It's been a good week, hasn't it? Actually, uh, some, some of it has been some a good of it week. Has. Yes. I think because we, we had so much fun with one of our films that it kind of it, it, it made up for a lot. Started brilliantly. Yeah. <laughs> sort of tailed off a little bit, but you know, at least at least it started well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All's well that starts well, I guess. Uh, so, uh, we've got to talk about Horrible Histories now. It's our first yes. movie this week. And I didn't realise that this is the first movie these guys have, have actually put out. It's a phenomenon, the Horrible Histories. The, the TV series, the books. And is it I, books and then a TV series that's I come think, afterwards? Or? I think it was that way around. Mm. Um, I've only watched them kind of vicariously through nieces and nephews. Ah. Uh, but... Uh, the, the, you know, kids I know have just been obsessed by it, and uh, it's it, rightly so. It's educational. Mm. It's funny. It's gruesome. I mean, it's in the title. Yeah. It's, it's gory. It's you know, it's kind but, of everything you want as a kid. Very, very child, child friendly. friendly. Yeah. But everything you want as a kid. If you're going to teach a kid history, which let's face it, was so tedious when I was at school. The only, <laughs> reason, the only reason I did history at school is because they were planning a trip to Russia, and as soon as they cancelled the trip to Russia, I bumped off you're the course. Out. You're out. Um, so you know, you've got to try and make this subject. Interesting mm. for kids to, to follow. Should we, uh, should, we, should we have a listen because we've got a yeah. clip? So just to set this up, then. So this is like a Mel Brooksified take on historical events. Effectively, we're going to boil it down to its sort of essence. Yeah. And in this case, this is uh, the Emperor Nero attempting to uh, quash a British rebellion yes. in sort of Roman-occupied Britain. That was by Boudicca, Boudicca, who here is played by Kate Nash. Yeah. So yet again in history, Kate Nash gets to sweep the UK one song at a time. Literally in this case, Swing, literally singing her way across it, the country. It's anachronistic. There's loads of common, de- you know, commonplace yeah. 21st century gags, things like that. Yeah. Here is a clip of a teenage Celt having taken a Russian soldier, uh, Russian centurion, hostage, and is presenting Roman, him a Roman. Sorry, Russian? Did I say Russian? <laughs> Russian centurion, Roman centurion, uh, hostage, presenting him uh, to her dad, only Nick Frost. Now, who says I'm not ready to be a warrior? Ola, what have you done? Taking a Roman prisoner, all on my own. Told you I could do it. You're just going to have to take him back. What? I thought you'd be pleased. You can't keep a prisoner. It's hard work. You have to feed it. You have to exercise it. Who's going to clean up after him? I am here, you know. He's my prisoner. I found him and I want to keep him. Okay, fine. He'll get bored soon enough and then someone will have to get rid of him. There's no pleasing some people. (laughs) <laughs> no, right? <laughs> He's so much fun in this. Uh, he seems to be playing the same character he was in Fighting With My Family as well, which I I, see, I find particularly adorable. Oh, I don't mind him but, doing that at all. And yeah. um, what's, what's great about this is kind of, to, to put it into context, it's like yeah. a, a cross between carry-on movies, but mm-hmm. not smutty, yeah. uh, Monty Python films, a little for, bit the, that, for the yep, absurdity, yep. and uh, it's sort of Britain's answer to the phenomenon that is the Asterix movies, the live-action Asterix movies Asterix. with Gerard Depot do. Because you spend a lot of time in France, obviously, do you see that as more I, of a cultural icon? Don't oh, you? Oh, absolutely, and, and it is. It's huge in France, mm. and but the the style of the films 
is very, very similar to this. Yeah. So you have the kind of absurdist slapstick comedy. You also have the modern day references so and, like, and gags g- for adults. Give me, give me, uh, give me V, isn't it? Yeah, so instead of a high five, five is a high V. Yeah, give me V. So yeah. lots of kind of gags like that, and, and also just the style of it, almost the sort of pantomime esque style of it is is. I mean, it's just it's really it's really silly. It's really foolish, stupid, so all those kind of words. Gags. But it's but, so funny. And this is the thing as well because that humour does transcend uh, the the ages as well. Yeah. Because obviously you and I watched this in a press show. You know, we watched this in a screening room with you yeah. know our peers who are like you know adult men, middle aged men in most cases, and we were all laughing our asses off. There was a a, a particular a, a casting cameo. There was a big yes. name cameo fairly early on that just destroyed <laughs> that room, and then featured a reference to that cameo's bigger yeah. role that then destroyed the room yeah. all over again. There's some great stuff. Oh, in there's there. so much in there, and uh, it, it's you know, it's not just all, all great kids movies should be for adults. Oh yes, definitely. Because that's that's what makes them work. Because they're for kids and adults. And this is, is just—I mean, you only boils down to it. You learn some stuff mm. because you have a little character at the end who pops up and tells you what is true, which you I think is a really Raticus? clever idea. Raticus, Raticus, which I think is really great. Um, but also, it, it's educational, but it's just funny. So you learn stuff, but you just really have such a great time watching this. I did. I mean, for me, I was a big fan of uh, Will. Uh, back, mm. back in 2015, yeah. thereabouts. Uh, back in 2015, Will was their uh, their Shakespeare yeah. uh, movie, and it was a lot of the horrible histories guys. But and it was done in that in, in this exact style. style. But it wasn't, I think, officially part of the canon. It was its own yeah. thing, and that had another great big name cameo early on in the form of yeah. Damien Lewis, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, I just had so many laughs in this. There was there was so much Lee Mack. Oh, never thought so funny. Yeah, Lee Mack stealing a film. When did you ever think you'd see that? Just longing for Rome. So every time somebody <laughs> mentions Rome, he just sort of turns away from the camera and he's at Wistful Rome like, with yeah. the with the vines and the sunshine. <laughs> the Mediterranean. The, the music suddenly stopped. It was just brilliant. And that that whole thing pays off brilliantly at the end. It's great. It's it's, it's a wonderfully constructed, I think, uh, sort yeah. of a, a, a spoof. Oh, it's brilliantly a written. A Mel Brooksian spoof. Yeah, definitely. it's very very well written and it's very well researched as well. Uh, so great cast. As, as yep. well in there um, I was particularly a fan of Kim Cattrall who uh, yes. called me a woman on social media earlier um, thanks thanks for that Kim I'm not arguing with Kim Cattrall <laughs> no, at least she didn't call you an old woman well, there's that there's that yeah okay, well I, I hope I look as good as Kim Cattrall when I'm Kim Cattrall's age but, yeah. Uh, yeah anyway so uh, back to Horrible Histories which is then in cinemas then this Friday July yeah. 26th it is rated PG it is for damn good reason as well it is one to take the kids to and enjoy yourselves yes um, find a surrogate family if you don't have one <laughs> and tag along with them to go and see it I think definitely. Are you gonna, you gonna take? Uh, yeah, I will definitely take the daughters. So ah, fair, fair, fair. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward. There is another Asterix movie out in a few weeks as well, I believe. Isn't well, it will be very similar. Yeah. So it, it means that uh, the new Asterix movie that's coming out is that new, new, or is it just being issued in the UK for the first time? I'm not even sure what it is. I, I don't know. I, it's probably been out in France already. There was one out not long ago in France, so it's probably the same one. Is yeah. that actually still the same series? I seem to remember that starting in about 2001, 2002. They, they changed some of the characters. They, they changed the guy playing Asterix, but uh, yeah. Gerard Depardieu always plays Obelix because there's nobody else who could play the part. I was going to say, that was always one of those, wasn't yeah. it? Most obvious casting decisions yeah, ever. Like and you. he's brilliant in it as well. He's very, very funny. I've never actually watched any of them. Oh, you should. I there's a great to. one when they when they come to England. Okay. And and the gags that they play against the British about yeah. um, at four o'clock, everybody in England stops to drink hot water because they haven't yet found tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will say as well. I mean, about uh, uh, horrible, horrible histories. The uh, the, the Rome, uh, horrible histories, rotten Romans. It's because it's hashtag horrible histories the movie, and then hashtag rotten Romans itself. Um, I did love uh, the the guy playing uh, Emperor Nero. 
the young actor playing Emperor yes. Nero from Submarine. I'm trying to remember his name. A friend, he's Craig Roberts from yeah. Submarine. I know him from Being Human many years ago as well. And he also turns up in another film yes. uh, this week as well, which is the, the current the, war. The current war. I was going to say the forgettable one we the, literally yeah. just saw. Yeah. Wow. It's been 20 minutes. Oh, man. That's, uh, <laughs> well, 20 I wish the film had been 20 minutes shorter, and then it would have been 40 minutes. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll, save, we'll save that whining for, for <laughs> after the jump. But, uh, so stick around. We're going uh, to cut to the jump. We're going to come back, hit you up with some more reviews. And we're back at the movies. Welcome back to Off Screen. I'm Van Con. I'm joined by Mr. Johnny. Hello. So uh, let's let's talk a trashy thriller. I loves me a trashy thriller. Hmm. And uh, there's a specific kind of trashy thriller we get every year. And it, it seems like that. Yeah. It's like it comes off a conveyor belt, isn't it? it and people being trapped in a house, or, yeah. or people trying to get into a house. That 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 one, but not the artistic, not the the indie one. That's always like actually pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, no, it's always the one that's actually you know mid mid. Or the horror one, like, like the a, Purge. The first yeah, film, but this yeah. is like your thirty-five to forty yeah. million dollar thriller. Usually has two moderately known actors. Yeah, so I'm thinking of something like Taraji P Henson and Idris Elba in in that one when he was trying to break into her house. Yep, and uh, uh, Gabrielle Union did, did the one breaking in. Breaking yeah. in. That was it. Thank you. Where she was trying to break into her own house. She was locked out of a. a, a new, it's always a new house. Always somebody buys a house, and they, she was locked yeah. into the house with her children. And then some people were trying to get in, so they locked it. And then she ended up being locked out of the house with the children were inside so she then had to break into her own house was and then she had to break out house? of her house was and that the smart house yeah Oh, I never finished watching that yeah. one. I was off the week at the screen. Well, of course, we've got a brand new one. Yes. And this time, okay, so this one, the young couple in this one is uh, Megan Good and Michael Ely, yeah. who have starred together before in the Think Like a Man movies. They right. were, they were yeah. both part of that cast. And uh, they are the successful young millennial couple. They're ultra hot, they're ultra sexy, they're ultra rich. They can have anything they want to buy. And it so happens they want this wonderful house in, in uh, is it Napa Valley? Is it the wine Yeah, country, we, or something we, like we that. Yeah, we'll say you as they're driving up through the driveway um, he says uh, I hope there's a house at the end of this road yes <laughs> puts yeah. it into context <laughs> yeah and uh, it turns out the house's former owner is a uh, widowed man played by uh, Dennis Quaid who we're told we were told repeatedly is something like 66 years old and uh, well it turns out he's not that eager to, to let go of the house so uh, I tell you what it, it might go all a bit pear shaped here's a clip hey hey this guy Randall Stop drilling holes in my house! Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! Keep working. What the hell are you doing? Keep working. What are you doing here? When I was down the road, I was fishing, I saw the security van go by. You been having a problem? Look, I got a prowler in the woods. It's high school kids. They sneak out into these woods and they party after dark. This is not necessary. What is necessary is that I protect my wife. Hey, Randall. Be careful with these vines. It took 50 years for these things to grow on the house. Okay, Mr. Beckett. It's not your house. I mean, can Dennis Quaid convincingly play a 66-year-old man? I think? I, I don't like him in this. I like Dennis Quaid. I don't I, like him in same, this. Same, same. You know what? In fact, I had that with pretty much everyone in this movie. Like, yeah. I like Michael Ely. The man's yeah. got charm. It's not present in this movie. He actually comes across as well, someone quite a bit annoying. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what this film really lacks is any sense of, of real danger. When they first <laughs> meet Dennis Quaid, yes, there is a moment of danger, but it's sort of then brushed off as, or it could be a misunderstanding. Fair but enough. That, that, but, but you yeah. know 
the, that is what the danger is because otherwise there's no film, there's no story. Well, exactly. So if you know that this danger is going to exist, then lay it on, bring it on thick. It, it takes almost until two thirds of the way through the film before you realise there's any actual danger. He's, he just kind of comes across as being annoying and just won't go, <laughs> won't, won't go away, needy, won't yeah. leave them. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a very sort of clingy friend that yeah. you made on the first day of school and then you want to ditch off the two weeks. That's the thing weeks. with this movie. I think it takes the Michael somewhat with the, uh, oh, come on, factor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are so many of these seemingly innocent things that he does that yeah. you don't think, oh, come but on, we're long past you know he's Yeah, you yeah. know he's going to be the, a, a bigger problem because there's no story otherwise. So just get on with it. Yeah, and you so would have gotten rid of this guy by what, now. Come on. What happens in the second half of the film is what should happen in the first half of the film. And then you should take it the other, in a bit like Fatal Attraction. I mean, you, you knew straight away that Glenn Coast was going to be trouble no. and it just laid it on and on and on thicker God, and thicker and thicker until you ended up with this amazing ending of the film yeah. or two endings because they did another one um, but w- with this film with the Intruder it just it, it's the first half is just really kind of laboured and pedestrian so it's kind of you know watch to the point where they first meet Dennis Quaid <laughs> and then skip to about an hour into the film yeah. you can have a little nap until about an hour set your alarm wake up and then you can watch the second half you, you'll watch a 40 minute film and it'll be fine yeah, yeah, yeah I think that, that probably would be the best way so let's move on then to uh, another film that's also out uh, this Friday this one is The Current War yes this is uh, long overdue I think this was yes. meant to be with us a year ago something like that yeah and then obviously uh Certain men did certain off-screen things. issues yeah, with uh, yeah. certain producers. Certain, certain things happened with involving producers, and uh, the film kind of changed hands, and it's now finally here with us. Yes. It's opening in the US in October. Well, that's a bad sign. November? That's a bad sign. I think they're positioning, maybe positioning for potential, like, try and muster some awards buzz, but it does feel like a dumping job. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not going to get any awards this one. I was disappointed because I thought the current war was going to be about current buns, but it's not, because that would actually be a more interesting film. It would, it would. Instead, what you get is the story of the rivalry between George Westinghouse and Thomas Edison. So Westinghouse played by Michael Shannon, Edison played by Benedict Cumberbund, and uh, you've also got Nikola Tesla in there, played by Nicholas. Holt, yes. uh, Tom, Pointlessly. Tom Holland is, is present as well. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I don't get the, the Nicholas Tesla storyline. It, it contributes absolutely... I, mean, I know it's an integral part of the story, but it contributes nothing to the in film. Fact, shall, I, shall, I, shall I play you a clip of that he ha- actually has Tesla in it? This is one of the only scenes What's he the point? shares. This is one of the only <laughs> scenes he shares with, uh, with Edison. This technology is within your grasp. I can build you an efficient motor. Have you tried it? No. Look, in my head, it is nearly complete. Men claim to have their heads full of sonnets and symphonies, but their only problem seems to be they can't quite write it down. Let me try. No, because I can't start again. I got orders from Michigan. I got a room full of press waiting for me. Do what you were hired to do. So you will not honor your word about the remuneration? What are you talking about? Well, you said $50,000. Are you unhappy with my contribution? I'm paying you $50,000. That was a joke. Oh wow! I mean, it's it's just that that's pretty. That's the only time I think those that's, two characters meet. Isn't that's it? the height of drama in that film. It is so baseline, isn't it? But, you know, Nick, the, Nicholas Holt wanders around as Tesla <laughs> as this sort of love-struck poet who's just kind of <laughs> trying to throw himself at the feet of anybody who will have him. But he doesn't actually <laughs> do, write any poetry. It's just it's all in my head. All these poems. <laughs> it's absolutely true, isn't it? It really is. Um, I mean, I, I will say that for one thing, there are no characters in this. No one seems no. to have a character, save possibly for Michael Shannon as George West. Else. But you know, but uh, Benadol Cumber 
something. Cumbersnatch? Yeah. No. Okay, I was going to say something rude. Uh, <laughs> he, he's always really bland, and he plays this so bland. You know, I don't know what Edison was like as a, as a you know, as a human being, but I mean, he couldn't have been that dull. Surely somebody had those that many great ideas. He couldn't have been that boring. It's very stock. Uh, it's it's stodgy. Yeah, and and of course because he's the lead character, he brings it right down. Michael Shannon mm. is great. I always like what he. I like yeah, everything he does. At yeah. least he's got a bit of zing about him. Mm. You know, he's kind of is he the bad guy? Well, he's not really because he just believes in what he's doing. Quiet intensity. Yeah, That's he's he's great. He's really good and really <laughs> worth watching. But every time you know, old Benedict came on screen, I just wanted to fall asleep. I needed a kind of jolt of electricity to get me through every scene. Yeah, yep. and that is your electric pun for this. <laughs> That's one of them. It lacks spark. It you know, I mean, you can you know go the, through them. The bulb blows quickly. Yeah. You know. Yeah, take, yeah, take your pick on that one. Uh, yeah, I wasn't dazzled by it. I mean, th- I, I, I'm such an easy lay for this story as well. Yeah, it could have been it could have been brilliant, but it's, it's just it, it really flat. Here's the thing. You want a great rivalry story. What you get instead is basically Pirates of Silicon Valley with, uh, <laughs> with, with electricity, you know, with the creation of electricity, which is just not that tantalizing a prospect. Um, I mean, even the prestige. You, you want to, exactly. You think back you want the prestige, that, but, yeah. it, but that was a great rivalry. That's a rivalry movie. Yeah, and also involved Tesla. Yeah, so yeah, that was. I mean, I was expecting something like that, but it, mm. it's nowhere near anything like that. And especially the way it's been regarded as quite a high profile. Uh, you know, it's got bluster. You know, it's got presence. You see, actually, it's it's kind of flatlined. It is. Yeah, it's, it's I was not very got very disappointed. Presence. Yeah, I was very disappointed. With there this is one. a style to it, but that yeah. style is not enough to make it stand out. To make it be unique, to, to give it any, you know, distinction. Well, you know, ironically, there's just no electricity between the characters. Oh, there we are. <laughs> we need to we need to keep that air on. But so yeah, so that's the current war. Uh, before that, the Intruder, uh, both out Friday, July 26th. Intruder is rated 15. Current war is rated 12A, and we'll be back after this. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Runway East where we record this show. They're on a mission to provide the world's best office space for startup teams and, well, they're doing pretty damn well at it. I'm partial to the roof garden myself. Uh, They're in London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, very zen places to work. Give them a peep at runwayea.st. That's runwayea.st. Right, we've taken you to the pictures. Now we're going to see what we can do to entertain you in your living room as well. So we're going to start with movies that are just on telly, that are on Freeview. Our remit is Freeview, and okay. we try to make them in the most sociable hours possible. So you can always, you know, just Skype plus them, or just, you know, we're having a chat about them. So you can, so you can look the movies up yourselves, you know. It's one of those things. Uh, so we've got clips for some. Okay. And, uh, well, let's... Uh, Oh, by the way, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Johnny, but I believe we don't actually have a clip for the one that I know you are dying to talk oh. about. We will, we will get uh, to it. We've got to, we've got to talk yeah. about it, though. So we're going to start with uh, with Saturday, which yep. I believe is the uh, that's the 27th, yep. 27th of July. And uh, we're going to start with uh, something a bit family-friendly. So, and this is a movie I just haven't seen in, in a few years. Yeah. And this is, uh, of course, uh, the one and only Mr. Robin Robert Williams. Williams. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, film four, ten past four in the afternoon, and what what a classic. Well, you might have heard I gave a little sigh then, because it's just such a great film. It and is, isn't it? so brilliant in this movie. I'll tell you what, in fact, we, we have got, we've got a great clip from Mrs. Doubtfire of uh, Robin Williams doing what Robin Williams did best. And you know what that means. What do you mean, you do voices? Ben. I do voices. Yes! We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. We're happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. <laughs> I want you in the worst way. 
Well, it's certainly a rough meeting, and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. Hey, boss, give it a change. She's going to loosen up any moment. <laughs> Look at me right now, money penny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. I'm crazy to make a deal with you! Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. Idiot! Idiot! I'm sitting on a gold mine! Don't make me smack you, sweetheart. I'll do it. I do a great impression of a hot dog. Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. There was a time when I found myself funny. But today, you have proven me wrong. Thank you. Well, I mean, oh, it I'm, is a great one, isn't it? I miss Robin Williams. What a genius. I know, I know. There's just no one quite like that. No. Around. And no that's one, what he was like. I mean, he would, yeah. you know, I've heard so many stories about that he would just do that mm. randomly to people in the street, kids, you know, <laughs> you'd meet, you know, and even if you didn't want him to, he would just yeah. come up and start doing voices to you. Oh, you know. I miss that guy. Ju- I mean, just, you know, if you've never seen Mrs. Doubtfire, what is wrong with you? Watch it. Making it an appointment it is to watch. Perfect Robin Williams film, isn't it? Yeah, if it you is have everything seen it, you love that. If Robin you Williams. have seen it, you will watch it again because it's just brilliant. It is. It? it is, and and that classic dude looks like a lady montage. Yeah, Aerosmith dancing with the with the broom. It's, it's and also, but it's it's very touching because he's doing it. He's dressing up as a woman because he wants to be close to his kids. And it's, isn't it based on a? It's based on a novel, isn't it? Or is it? Is it based on a French Maybe film? Based on. Oh. I think it's based on a. Yeah, it's based on I'm a sure French film. I'm sure the original film, title think, is yeah. Madame Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. So the original source I think is French. Uh, for me, it is the perfect encapsulation of uh, uh, how a blockbuster movie can still be touching and yeah. meaningful and yeah. lovely and wonderful. And uh, occasionally we still make those. Occasionally, occasionally, one every few years. But Mrs. Doubtfire, that is still one of the it's, all-time it's, it's as close to a perfect film as you could get. So, uh, just just a childhood nostalgia one then on Sunday. So there's a double bill, film four, uh, 11am, and it's both short circuit movies. Great. Shall I just remind you of the one amazing piece of trivia about this film? Here it is. Hello, bozos. <gasps> Benjamin, oh, come here, give me a hug. Oh, it's so good to see you. Number five. For you, from Stephanie. All natural granola brownies. No preservatives or additives. Mm. That's the real one. That's the real number two. Uh, Number five. Number five. Please, call me Johnny Five. Johnny? You have taken name for yourself? I choose many things for myself, but did not choose traveling in a box. I choose to fly tourist class, but they say I'm cargo. No movie, no magazine, no bag of peanuts. (laughs) <laughs> no, right? <laughs> so yes, that is Fisher Stevens there, putting on that wow. South, uh, South yeah. Asian accent rather offensively, yeah. it must be said. And wow. I, I mean, I was about yeah. 10 years old before I realised I was a white guy. Yeah, that, but that's that's much childhood there, isn't it? That's, yeah. You know, that's the 80s for you. Also, Johnny Five, just one yep. of the great creations yep. of robot cinema. I love that creature. I do. He's such a brilliant design. The way his head moves kind of looks like a a, a, a big, like a kind of like a praying mantis, really, isn't it? The thing is, if, if that was made now, uh, you wouldn't you, would, you wouldn't have a double bill. You'd have three, four, five. They'd be on number <laughs> six by now. <laughs> it's true, true. Well, it is getting remade now, so we shall we shall see what they come out with. So, film four, 11 a.m. Short Circuit one and two back to back. Monday night, you'll have heard so much about this in the last couple of years. Yep. It's, it's kind of just we have to pick a good movie, obviously. Uh, film for 9 p.m. Uh, Denis Villeneuve's Arrival. Yes, yeah, a, a fantastic and, and really different sci-fi movie. It's very cerebral. I thought. Yeah, it, it was. I, I loved the, the communication between mm. uh, Amy Adams and, and the aliens. It was done in a really clever way. Um, how you know? How do you communicate with aliens? And you know, she, the way she managed to do it, I just thought was was, was really clever. And it's, it's, you know, the whole thing is just, it's a more intelligent kind of sci-fi movie 
than the most that you get and and you know quite rightly multi-oscar nominated movie yeah, yeah definitely i mean i thought it was just just a terrific movie i thought uh, this jeremy renner was in this one wasn't mm. it? it was jeremy renner yeah. who was the, the main uh yeah absolutely terrific performances Denis Villeneuve, that cinematography oh such beautiful. a wonderful film yeah uh, yeah you'll have heard so much about it it's all deserved as well mm. it is a great movie so arrival uh film for 9 p.m on monday night uh tuesday night five spike Five past eleven, and this is like one of my all-time favorite movies. So five Spike. How many channels do Five have now? Okay. They have Five USA, Five something yeah, else. Yeah, there's, there's Five Star as well. Five Star. Five Maybe star. they have five. Yeah. Them, yeah. So from Dust Till Dawn is my Tuesday pick, and I love this movie. It's Robert Rodriguez's 1996 team up with uh, with Tarantino and George Clooney and Harvey Keitel and Danny Trejo and Cheech Marin and Salma Hayek and Juliette Lewis, and I could just go on and on, really. Fred Williamson is in this movie. I'm going to shock you now. Go on. I don't like it. You don't like it? No. Wow. I I liked the first 30 minutes. I I didn't like the rest. You mean until the the shift? Yeah. Seismic shift of it? Yeah. The the, the, the turning point in the middle, from that point on, completely lost me. The first first part of it, the first half, I loved. Okay, so if you know nothing about From Dust Till Dawn, watch the movie. It's going to take a shift. And prior to that, Johnny loved it and Mm. and then didn't. Uh, If you're me, it's just awesome all the way through. George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino on the run. Let's just say that. On the run, taking hostages. Wednesday night, film four, five to eleven. It is Harold and Kumar get the munchies, as it's known in the UK. It's Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Everywhere else in the world where White Castle is actually a brand. So uh, this is the the, the, the setup for yep. you know the iconic Stoner trilogy, which would eventually give rise to one of my favourite ever Christmas movies. So uh, yeah, this stars uh, Cal Penn and John Cho. Have you seen these? I yes, I've seen the first one. I think that's probably about it. I tell you yeah, what, I have seen this one. This first one, I've got one of my favourite moments as a clip. This is the brief appearance uh, by Anthony Anderson, who has since gone on to obviously star in the acclaimed <laughs> series Blackish. Uh, he is a fast food employee at Burger Shack who is telling a very stoned Harold and Kumar that their desire to consume White Castle burgers is something they should indulge. They shouldn't settle. As a Burger Shack employee for the past three years, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that if you're craving White Castle, the burgers here just don't cut it. In fact, just thinking about those tender little White Castle burgers, with those little itty-bitty grilled onions that just explode in your mouth like flavor crystals every time you bite into one, Makes me want to burn this down. Come on, Boogie, let's burn this down. So, uh, you guys maybe should just suck it up and go to White Castle. I'm such a fan. I, I love these movies. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's the sort of film that Seth Rogen would have made if he'd been around at that time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that it, kind it of style. Him only yeah. by like three to five yeah. years thereabouts. Also, kind of gave rise to the resurrection of Neil Patrick Harris as a brand, which I think we're yeah. all grateful for. He yeah. truly is America's sweetheart. So uh, on to uh, God, sorry. No, just I, I, you know, if you like that, the, the title tells you everything. You know, oh, if, yeah. you like the, if you get it from the title, then you're going to like that kind millennium, of film. Millennial Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Uh, so uh, film four on Thursday night. Uh, uh, well, not 
Thursday night, Thursday late afternoon, early evening, 4.30. Uh, it is Never Been Kissed, the 1999 teen comedy in which I believe 27-year-old Drew Barrymore goes undercover as 17-year-old Drew Barrymore at high school. Uh, for reasons, I forget. It's a rom-com. She falls for the teacher. It's, it's one of those things. Uh, for me, uh, it's never been watched, so you're going to have to sell it watched. to me. Yeah, yeah um, I don't particularly think it would be one for you, but I think the missus may enjoy it. It's, yeah, maybe, it's one of those things. Yeah. Okay, so Friday, one that I know you've been looking forward oh, to. Yeah. So Friday night, 11pm, film four. We've got a minute and a half to talk about Idiocracy. Idiocracy, when it came out, when I first saw it about ten years ago, yeah. it's a, a film whereby, okay, a brief premise, uh, two very, very average American soldiers mm-hmm. are sent into the future on a sort of cryogenic experiment where they wake up in the future and due to dumbing down, they are now the most intelligent people in the world and the world has gone to absolute rack and ruin and they are charged with trying to sort it out. Uh, when I first saw this, it was an absurdist comedy... <laughs> Yeah. that um, you thought, well, that could never happen. <laughs> and as every day goes by, it becomes more and more of a prophetic documentary. There's so much, isn't there? Uh, there there really is. There's so many great gags in it. That when, when I first watched it, I just thought, stupid. But now you just think, ah, and, and so many things happen in the world now that I look at that and go, I'm sure that was in Idiocracy. Well, I mean, this this gave us Terry Crews. This kind of made a star mm. out, of, out of Terry Crews. It offers up a pretty decent turn from Luke Wilson. Uh, yep. Dak Shepard playing that sort of dumbed-down character character that he does so well they have a stupid president in america they, they do yeah who's the like the wrestlemania champion yeah, tv star yeah, or yeah. Something like that. and uh, yeah and of course it's all put together by mike judge who yeah. gave us silicon valley who gave us beavis and butthead yeah. office space so it's that kind of humor yeah very yeah. S- satirical but also very quite satirical. broad at the same yeah. time um and it's got electrolytes yeah. that's a thing <laughs> it's, it's it's a genius film if, if you've never seen it it's an absolute must because you'll look at it and you'll go Oh, but yeah, it's so stupid, but it's so relevant. It's so relevant. (laughs) So, Idiocracy, uh, 11 o'clock Friday night on Film 4. Next up, DVDs and streaming. Stick around. Welcome back to the movies with off-screen. I'm Van Connor, joined by Johnny Hearn. So, Mr. Hearn, shall yes. we uh, shall we bring out the shiny discs and see what's hitting uh, home entertainment shelves Let's on, do it. on Monday? Yeah. So, uh, released uh, this coming Monday, which is July the 29th, we've got the home platform releases. This, this is like you know, your uh, Blu-ray and DVD. You can usually buy them on digital download as well, uh, or through whatever your on-demand things like Sky Cinema, those kind of things. Yeah. The Sky Store, thereabouts. Yeah, so anyway, many. you can get yeah. them anywhere. Yeah. Any, any, any device and platform usually. Now, isn't it? Uh, so let's start with Dumbo, which uh, opened uh, only less than three months ago. I, I'm surprised this is coming out so quickly because there's, mm. there's supposed to be uh, a window um, which you can't crash from a cinema release to DVD. And I, I, I mean, it must be outside that window, but it seems mm. like it was only a couple of weeks ago that that was. I, I know it does, doesn't it? But Disney have been historically uh, quite tight on that window ever since noticeably, I think it was Alice in Wonderland, where they took it up to the very limit of that three month window where they have to have it in cinemas for three months before they can put it out on DVD. And I think cinema owners went nuts about it at the time. So cinema chains did go. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is Tim Burton's, uh, Tim Burton's stab at this one. Uh, you know, predictably enough, Danny Elfman's back, score. In it. Uh, I mean, you could probably you could cast this even if you hadn't heard of the cast of this, you hadn't seen the poster or a trailer or IMDb. You could predict who would star in Tim Burton's Dumbo, couldn't you? I'll tell you one thing I couldn't predict. Go on. Somebody I went to theatre school with being in this movie. Really? Who? Yeah, is uh, <laughs> Joe Gatt, and he plays Michael Keaton's assistant. I was at ah. theatre school with him. Oh wow! I knew I him knew you went to theatre school. I knew him twenty odd, about you, odd years ago, and he's just done phenomenally well for himself. Yeah. Uh, 
ends up in Dumbo. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you know you made it. You've yeah. made it all the way to the uh, all the way to the big top. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this big top, of course, I think is owned by Michael Keaton in what a very thin, thinly guised uh, Walt Disney parable. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito runs the circus, I believe. Yeah. You've got uh, the returning veteran Colin F- uh, Colin Firth, Colin Farrell, <laughs> a very different Colin, very different movie if it were Colin Firth, to be honest. Yeah, World War One veteran coming back. Mm. Um, He's lost an arm, is it, or a leg? He's or? lost an arm, and he was like the rodeo horse rider um, trying to kind of rekindle his uh, circus career now and tasked with training training this, this flying elephant that can suddenly miraculously fly here we've got a clip of him meeting uh, Eva Green the uh, the, well, the resident acrobat welcome for the record this was not my idea Dumbo works alone so do I bonjour Millie Joe and you Charming. Well, maybe didn't recognize you without the makeup. So I got to teach you to fly? I know how to fly. Ever since I was a child. They taught Dumbo to fly, no? So I don't need your expertise. All right. I mean, imagine that. Ava Green doing the whole sassy, sexy thing. That's yeah, never happened. Nev- never going to happen. I used to play this game with people called Name the Last Good Tim Burton Movie. And it, <laughs> it was really difficult because you'd have to go back so far. Yeah. But actually, I really like Dumbo. And also, I, I really like the previous film starring Eva Green, which is Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar yes, Children. Which I liked that. Yeah. My daughter's seen that 20 times or more. And I really love Dumbo. I mean, it was one of my favourite original cartoons of, uh, of Disney. And so, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing this. I actually went to the studio in, um, in Pinewood just before they started filming it. I was yeah. working on something else and had a look around the sets and, and the workshop where they were building the train that they use at the beginning and things Good like Lord. that. And it was, uh, I got really excited about this film, you know, months before they even shot it. Mm. Um, and I just thought it was fantastic. What, what I liked was that, you know, yes, there's a lot of CG, but they shot it in huge sound stages. Oh, it shows, doesn't it? That big top. Yeah, has, they built a big top. Real, in yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not all CG. Obviously, the yeah. elephant's CG, but you know, it's not all CG as much as you would imagine. And that elephant, would be. though, that elephant is adorable. Oh, CG, he's so cute. He's so cute. cute. Uh, but it's worth saying it's not an amazing movie I don't think it's not going to like change you if you don't like the story already yeah. it's not going to win you round but apparently but. it's more true to the original novella was it? I didn't even the, know it was based on a yeah, novella yeah it was ba- based on a short, uh, a short uh, novel so it, it's more true to the original book um, oh, okay. than, uh, than the original cartoon was so also out on uh, Shining Disc this week is Us yeah, uh, not sex. us. Not no, us, no, not no, us. No, but the, no. us, the movie. That would be a very poor uh, <laughs> Written and directed by Jordan Peele. Yes. Oscar winner, Jordan yes. Peele. And this is his second feature. This stars uh, Winston Duke, Lupita Nyong'o, and uh, who else is there? Elizabeth Moss is in yes. this, I believe, yeah. as well. And uh, I, I really don't want to say too much about the plot, because if you've not, not seen it, which is obviously quite likely now, it's only just here on home platforms, then I don't want to spoil anything for you. Can I just, I'll just say it, it, it deals with our internal darkness. Shall we just say that? Confronting, literally confronting yeah. our own internal darkness. It's a bit like the island in that sense. Kind of like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the performances in this are absolutely terrific. I, I really love this film, actually. Yeah. And so good. I, I loved it right up till about the last minute. Um, mm. Oh, I when know. There's, yeah. there's, a, yeah. there's a massive twist at the end, which at, the, at that point, when you watch it, you think, oh, that's really good. And then when you think about it, like, nah, you go, nah, no, nah, nah, if, nah, that, nah. if that twist is true, the rest of the film doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, It kind of has that effect. But absolutely worth checking out uh, Jordan Peele. It's a really good really good drama. And, and it also you know, has a, a good kind of political message to it as well. With, yeah, you know, the same way that Get Out did as well. And you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a 
violent kind of horror movie, but also, you know, it has a lot of intelligence to it. And, mm. uh, you know, it's very clever. The, the idea is very clever. Have you seen his Twilight Zone, by the way? George no, Peel's no, produced no. the reboot of the Twilight Zone. Oh, and he, no, he's the new good. host. He's the new Rod Serling oh, in it as well. Okay. Tremendous. Good. Really good. Yeah. But Okay, so let's move to uh, streaming then yeah. really quickly. We've got mere minutes to talk you through what's uh, what's notable on streaming platforms this week. Uh, first up, uh, for my money, Monday 29th on Amazon Prime. They're getting Dunkirk. Oh, wow. What a wow. movie, huh? Uh, when I first watched Dunkirk, I sent a message out on social media saying, Christopher Nolan, thank you, you've created cinematic perfection. And I stick by that. I know it's had a lot of you know, mm. critics, but I thought it was a phenomenally good film. I did, I thought it was great. And, and we saw it in, I, we believe we saw it in 35mm IMAX, didn't we, yeah. at, the, uh, at the BFI? Yeah. And that was just such an experience. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely really? adored it. I loved the, the, the way that the story was split between the land, the sea, and the air. Yep, and each exactly. one was a different length of time. So one, one was a week, one, one was a day, and one, one was day, one hour, one was like that. Yeah. yeah, and the way that they're all in order to make that work, they have to be interconnected in such a way that they go back in time in certain ways, which sounds more contrived than it actually is. It really works. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I thought it was a, a fantastic movie. I just loved everything about it. I also like the fact that he doesn't like CGI. Exactly. So when you see thousands of troops on the beach. That there sure as hell, thousands of well, troops on the beach. There are a lot of troops on the beach. Also, a lot of it was cardboard cutouts. Oh, good God, the, really? The, yeah, the, the long shots of Dunkirk Beach, which they went and shot on Dunkirk Beach, obviously. Yeah. Um, they they had cardboard cutouts of tanks and all the kind of soldiers That's right so in the background were, were cardboard cutouts. So they had like a couple of hundred in the foreground. So yeah. he made it as though it had been like the 1950s you were making that kind of movie. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay, so um, another movie I'm pretty sure you must love of this. Course. So on Netflix, Tuesday the 30th, you have access to In Bruges. Oh, what a movie. So this was Colin Farrell and Brennan Gleeson playing Hitman assassins. Hiding yeah. out in Bruges. I'll tell you what, I've got a quick clip for you. Hang on. How's the movie going? It's a jumped up Euro trash piece of rip-off. Mm. Taking a bad way. Your girlfriend's very pretty. She ain't my girlfriend. She's a prostitute I just picked up. Oh. I'm not aware of any prostitutes in Bruges. Just had to look in the right places. Brothels are good. I love the tone of it. Oh, <laughs> it's, it, in Bruges is, for me, it holds the record, uh, it shares with one other movie yeah. of something in my life that is, that I, the first time I watched it, I immediately watched it again straight away. Wow. And I've only done that twice. I laughed so hard through this. It, but it's also quite dark and philosophical. Oh, it's very well. dark. It's very dark. Very much in, in the vein of obviously we got uh, three billboards down the line, yeah. kind of out of this. And it, it kind of shows you that this is kind of the proto. This is where it's going. Form. To, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is what becomes three billboards eventually. But the, the dialogue yeah. between the two of them, it sparkles so much. so much. But there is that, that dark underbelly to it as well. And that tension, that underlying tension that you know yeah. something bad is going to happen. And, and, and yet they're, they're covering it over with this, this mm-hmm. you know, this spiteful kind of dialogue between the two of them it's it's just a phenomenally good film amazing film so check that out on Netflix from Tuesday the 30th uh, one that I'll be checking out this is on Wednesday the 31st I won't be checking it out on Wednesday the 31st by the way because that's my birthday so uh, I'm Amazon Prime not Amazon Prime Netflix oh, that's someone can type that uh, so Netflix the Red Sea Diving Resort starring uh, Chris Evans this is based on the true story of the international agents who used uh, the Red Sea Diving Resort to evacuate Ethiopia Refugees. I don't this know about 1980. Uh, it, I, I've not seen the film. The trailer looks amazing. It, it's out there now. Netflix are promoting the hell out of it. Uh, but yeah, what a cast! Yeah, I'm looking and forward to that. 
Yes, I mean, all those to come uh, in, in, in the next few days. Uh, so, yeah, so I mean, next week's going to be fun, though. We've got uh, a return to the Fast and Furious universe this next week. This is some use of the word fun that I'm not aware <laughs> of. Um, yeah, I'll have to go and look that one up. You're miserable, Gitson. Miserable. <laughs> hey, I, I watched two of them, and then I realised the second one was exactly the same as the first one, only in a slightly different did place, like The Hangover. Sure, you sure you didn't just find it so forgettable that you did accidentally watch the same movie it's twice? It's quite possible. Yeah, it's quite possible. No, I gave up on that franchise a long time ago. So that gives me time to thank uh, Mr. John Hurd for joining me uh, this week. Get more from Johnny um, on Wednesday nights. On, is it Wednesday nights, Thursday mornings? Uh, on, on Talk on Radio. On Talk Radio with Paul Ross, yeah. I'm Van Connor. This off screen, we out! <laughs>